Welcome to Simpler Bible, a daily journey to biblical understanding. Episode 61, The Commander and Jericho. So we're in Joshua 5 and 6 today. Let's begin right away in verse 1. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for all the people of Israel, uh, for the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua, okay, people have asked me this. This is a funny question, but I get asked this way too often. People are like, what does that mean that they got circumcised a second time? Like, did they not take enough the first time? Do they take a little bit extra the second time? That's not what it means here. It's the rest of the text explains it, but we kind of get hung up in wait, the second time they were circumcised? So when the people, we'll read the text in just a second, you'll see, but when the people first came out of Egypt, there those people who first came out of Egypt were circumcised when they came out of Egypt. And then no one circumcised any of their kids for the next 40 years. So all of those who had been born in that 40-year time span had not been circumcised. So this is the second circumcision that happened in this 40-year exodus period. That's what it means by the second time. So verse 2 again, At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Haraloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come up out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out of Egypt had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord, the Lord to swore to them that he would not let them see the land the Lord their God had sworn to them to give to their fathers a land flowing with milk and honey. We talked about that in Numbers 13 and 14. So it was their children who he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their place at the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt, and so the name of that place shall be called Gilgal to this day. So we saw Gilgal in the previous chapter. That's where they set up the pillar of the twelve stones in Gilgal. But here's the thing that's interesting. We know from Joshua 4.19 that they crossed over into the promised land on the tenth day of the first month of what would be the 41st year. We know from the next verse that they're going to keep the Passover on the 14th day, which means they were circumcised in between those time periods. So how long does it take to recover from circumcision? About four days, apparently. How do I arrive at that number? Great question. So they cross over on the 10th. They're circumcised. They're going to celebrate Passover on the 14th. But you might remember when we talked about in uh, Genesis 49, and we talked about the blessing that Jacob gave his sons and how he kind of cursed Simeon and Levi and how they had tricked the men of Shechem to be circumcised. And then he, they killed all the men of Shechem. That's back in Genesis 34. One of the things that it says is, it says that they tricked the men to be circumcised, the men of Shechem, and on the third day while they were still in their pain, while they were still recovering, Simeon and Levi went and killed everybody. And so how long does it take to recover from circumcision? Approximately four days, because you're well enough to observe the Passover on the 14th day, four days later. Um, that's not anything that you need to know, and that's probably a waste of your time, but there you go. Now it will be in your head as well. So while the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening in the plains of Jericho. 
And the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. So they wake up that morning, they're eating manna. Remember, they're already in the promised land. They've been in the promised land now for a few days, which means even in the promised land, they've eaten manna for a couple of days. And now the day after the Passover, on that day, they begin to eat the produce of the land and no more manna. So it says in verse 12, And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing before him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? He said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord, and now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off the sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And that reminds us all the way back in, uh, sorry, not Genesis. Um, that reminds us of Exodus 3, when Moses met with God at the burning bush, and he is told to take off the sandals from his feet for the place he's standing as holy ground. Who is this commander of the army of the Lord? This is probably pre-incarnate Christ. This is not God, uh, because we know later that no one has seen God's face and lived. It's probably not the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is, as his name implies, spirit. And so, now I am the commander of the army of the Lord, and Joshua fell on his face and worshipped him. If you'll go over to Revelation 22, 8 through 9 and Revelation 19, 10, you see that when John tries to worship this angel who is giving him the revelation of heaven, the angel says, don't worship me. He goes, I'm a creation just like you. I'm a servant just like you. Don't worship me. So angels do not receive worship. Okay, They won't receive worship. They'll direct it back to God. This angel... Uh, this commander of the army receives worship. And one of the things that you'll note back in Exodus, I've made a note of them here, but Exodus 23, 20, 23, 23, 32, 34, and 33, 2. In all of these places, God has told Moses, I'm going to send an angel ahead of you to go before you on your way who will lead you and follow him, do what he says for you to do. So this angel of the Lord, probably pre-incarnate Christ, who is the commander of the Lord's army, who Joshua being in his presence is standing on holy ground like Moses was when he met with God at the burning bush. And he receives he receives this worship from Joshua as Joshua uh, bows to him. So Joshua fell on his face and worshiped him and he receives that. So we know that this is not just a normal angel. This is probably Christ. Now chapter 6. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its kings, its mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Do this for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests will blow trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people will shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people will go up, everyone straight before him. Now, I love this battle plan of God. The very first battle that they're going to do here in the promised land is one where the plan is walk around the city once a day for six days and on the seventh day walk around it seven times and then shout really loudly. That's the whole battle plan. And so this is what they do. They walk around it for seven days. Now keep in mind, here's what we need to consider, right? The spies hid for three days. 
they taught to Joshua and the people, and then they traveled for three days. And then we know they crossed over the into the promised land. We know that four days later, they observed the Passover. We know that the Passover comes with a seven-day feast, right? There's a seven-day feast with the Passover. And now they're going to walk around the walls of Jericho for seven days before the walls fall. So we get 14, 15, 16, 18, 19. Uh, we get about 25 days, right? So there's about 25 days that since the spies have left Rahab, right? I told you it was about four weeks, so three and a half weeks since the spies left Rahab. And because chapter 6 is so near to chapter 2 in our reading, we'll probably get to it in a day if you're just reading through the Bible, we kind of have the impression that all this happened rather quickly. But you got to keep in mind that there were other days packed in here. And, and so 25 to 28 days that they have been waiting. So, Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant. I'm in verse 6 here. Let the seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city. Let the armed men pass before the city, before the Ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the Ark while the trumpets blew continuously. But Joshua commanded the people, don't shout, don't make your voice be heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about at once, and they came back into the camp and spent the night. Joshua rose early the next morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets on the ram's horn before the ark of the Lord walked on, and they blew the trumpets continually, and the armed men walked before them, and the rear guard behind them, while the trumpets blew continually, and the second day they marched around the city once, and they returned to the camp, and they did it for six days. I want you to imagine, right, the people of Jericho are terrified. They're already terrified. They're overwhelmed. We know that from what Rahab said in, in chapter 2. Their hearts have melted with fear within them. And here comes this army, and they march around your city. And that's and then they leave. They go back to their camp. And then they march to your city the next morning and march around it. Like, that would mess with your head, I would think. Like, that would throw you off a little bit. Like, what are these guys doing? Well, verse 15 says this. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of the day marched around the city in the same manner seven times, and it was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priest had blown the trumpet, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you this city. And the city and all that is in it, this is key, the city that is and all that is in it will be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But you shall keep yourself from the devoted things, from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have Lest when you have devoted them, you take any of those devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. But all silver and all gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord and they shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So here's the commandment. You got to kill everything that has breath. We, we missed that part a moment ago, but God has told them, kill everything that has breath in it. And he says, and in this city, Jericho, he goes, everything, all the gold, all the silver, all the stuff belongs to the Lord. You don't get to keep any of it in this first city. Uh, a man named Achan is going to look at some gold and some silver and a robe and steal it. And we will see later in chapter seven, we're going to skip chapter seven for now, but we'll see in chapter seven that Achan and his family are put to death because they were disobedient. And so verse 20 says this, 
The people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went straight up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. And they devoted all who were in the city to destruction, men and women, young and old, sheep and donkeys with the edge of the sword. But to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belonged to her as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. So she was able to convince her family to come in to her house, which is great. And they brought all of her relatives out, put them outside the camp of Israel, and they burned the city with fire and everything in it, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put in the treasury of the Lord. But Rahab the prostitute, in her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Joshua laid an oath on them at that time, saying, Cursed before the Lord be the man who rises who rises up and rebuilds the city Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest, he shall set up its gates. So Joshua pronounces this curse to anybody who would endeavor to rebuild Jericho. And we see in 1 Kings 16.34, it says this, In the days of King Ahab, Hiel built Jericho, and it cost him both his firstborn son and his youngest son. They both died when he rebuilt Jericho. And it goes on to say, So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. Now, Rahab, really quickly here, Rahab marries a guy named, uh, Rahab marries a guy named Salmon. And Salmon and Rahab have a son together named Boaz. And we're going to meet Boaz here in a couple of days when we look at the book of Ruth. And Ruth and Boaz are going to be married, and they're going to have a son named Obed. And Obed is going to have a son named Jesse, and Jesse's going to have a son named David. And so Rahab is the great-great-great-grandmother of King David. And so that is a little interesting kind of thing. Let me make sure I have that right, great-great. Yeah, because Ruth is the great-great-grandmother, so Rahab is the great-great-great-grandmother of King David. And so she's going to be included in the lineage of Christ, as I've already said. So very cool. And now they've crossed over into the promised land, and now they've defeated their first city with the Lord, the commander of the Lord's army leading them. And if you want to get ahead and read with us tomorrow so you know what we're talking about, I'll be in Joshua 9 and 10 tomorrow and a small section of Joshua 14. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.